picture paints a thousand words. My response to that has always been, but a name can start a million stories. Hello, and welcome to NPP Soundbites. Earlier this year, Pay2 was revealed as the name of the mandated payment service, the new digital way for merchants and businesses to initiate real-time payments from their customers' bank accounts. In today's episode of NPP Soundbites, I talked to Richard Curtis from Futurebrand, the organisation who helped identify the Pay2 name from a sea of possibilities. It's a great listen for product managers and marketers who develop, name and market products in the payments and financial services sectors. Some people might think that coming up with a name is just a bit of a fun or falls into the fluffy marketing bucket. But based on your experience, how big a role can a name play in the success of a product or a service like Pay2? It plays a massive role. It's the very first thing that you'll hear or the, you know, it's the ultimate identifier. It's, it's, it's how you'll describe it or, you know, share the news of this product or service with, with other people. So I think it's of fundamental importance. I don't quite understand why it is that people think it might be just a frivolous little thing to, to conjure um, because it is so pivotal. Um, it's it's the moniker by which you'll forever refer to that business or product or service. So um, you need a great name. Um, otherwise, you're going to be regretting it for a very long time. So how do you go about finding that great name? What's the process that you follow? I wish it was as easy as, you know, sitting in the bath and thinking up brilliant ideas, but it, inevitably it's not. I think the, the mistake that people make with naming is they think that it's purely a creative process and it, and it can't just be a creative process. You know, that's when you end up in I like or I don't like type territory. Um, and so it has to be a creative process that's equally balanced with a strategic framework and then also a keen sense of utility, a keen sense of how you might actually use this name and the context at which it might live and, and work. And I think those three things together, you know, the creativity naturally, but then also the strategic thinking and, and then that focus on utility. It's those three things that together that then give you the, the structured, disciplined process that you need um, to, to guide you through, you know, what is a tricky and, and a pretty challenging task at the best of times, given that so many words are trademarked. Um, and so, you know, you might think you have a brilliant name, um, but even, even a quick trademark check will tell you that, you know, half a dozen other people already own that name in different um, classes, different trademark classes. Um, and so you need the discipline of that process to kind of lead you towards an outcome. So you came on board, um, you were introduced to what was previously known as the mandated payment service. So that was the service that needed to be given the new moniker. Before you jumped into the process, what struck you about the service itself? What did you have to uh, consider? What shaped your thinking around and the path that you were going to go down in terms of finding it's right the right name for this service. Yes, yeah, so it's it's a really good question in terms of you know really getting under the hood of what a product or service might offer. 
and, and understanding that not only in terms of features and kind of technical aspects, but then also the benefits and, and ultimately where it fits in people's lives. And, and for, for MPS, as it was then, you know, it's not only thinking about users, so consumers, shoppers, however you might describe them, um, but also merchants, retailers, um, and, and kind of others in that kind of e-commerce or retail ecosystem um, and understanding the, you know, those various perspectives. You know, I think the thing that always struck me was how, you know, this was the next evolution of direct debit. Um, and as much as we all have our frustrations with direct debit, and I should say actually that MPS or pay to, you know, is not a direct replacement for direct debit. It does more than that. But, you know, that always seemed a good analogy. And as much as we all have our personal frustrations with direct debit, you kind of forget about it. Um, but when you think about the benefits that pay to brings in terms of surfacing um, those transactions that are essentially set and forget, you know, being able to see them, you know, the visibility, the transparency, the degree of control, not only on the consumers side of things, but also on the merchants or retailer side of things. There's a lot of benefit. And it's really about focusing in on well, which of those benefits is going to be most salient or, you know, most impactful, um, because it's very difficult to say everything in a name. You know, a name is, is fundamentally a signpost um, to point you in the right direction. And so there was a lot that struck me about what um, NPS or what's now pay to might offer. And I think part of the challenge was understanding, well, which of those benefits might we want to hero, if you like, as part of the name, um, as opposed to just, you know, it be a little bit of everything and therefore not much of anything. So obviously that consideration has taken you down the path of some naming territories for the mandated payment service. What were those territories that you identified? One was around um, convenience and the transparency. Um, there was one around people feeling in sync with one another and in sync with their payments um, and that there was a kind of a, a push from merchants to use it and then a pull from consumers who might um, trade off the benefit of it. Um, but the one that we landed on, or at least the one that seemed most productive from a territory point of view, was the concept of control. And look, these territories are a means to an end. Um, but it was control and this notion of being, so to speak, in the driver's seat um, that seemed to be the most on point, not only strategically, but also, you know, as a, as a fertile territory um, from which to develop names. And, and how easy was it to land on pay to? Was it, did it just kind of appear to you in, in <laughs> out of all those, the sea of names that were presented to you? Or was it an, an, a simple and easy choice? Or was it something that had to be ruminated for a while? In hindsight, it, it all felt quite easy. Um, but at the time, I'm sure there was much more soul searching and, and it probably didn't feel mm. quite so easy. So you know, we had those three territories and, as you know, as a means to an end, we use those three territories to generate long lists of names. Um, and there were none, there were no names um, that really kind of stood out in that first 
um, in that first presentation, you know, which isn't necessarily um, uh, kind of the end of the world or, or surprising necessarily. But what that first discussion did um, help us understand was that that control territory being in the driver's seat is the one that resonated the most. As much as none of the names in that territory were the name, there was more, um, you know, those, those were kind of the ones that resonated with the strategy and, and people's responses. So that, you know, we knew we were in the right neighborhood. And so we then went around again and generated a subsequent list of, of um, a subsequent long list of names where we kind of doubled down on that one particular territory. And it was in that second round that we then kind of came to the word pay to. Um, and so, you know, and, and that's where I think the process really helps you. If you're just sat in the bath coming up with names, you're never going to know when you're on the right track. It's very hit and miss. Mm. Whereas because mm. we knew we'd done the research, developed the strategy, generated the territories, generated names against those territories, and then, you know, we can take a step back and go, well, we're on the right track. We just need to follow this one particular direction. Then at the, the second time of asking, pay two showed up um, against that um, control territory. Um, and look, we still um, proceeded with other names. I think, you know, that's that's the other you know thing with 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 naming is, you know, you can't narrow too quickly, partly because the trademarking process will narrow things quite quickly for you. And so you need to have um, kind of several options in the mix so as not to have to go back to square one. Um, but, you know, we knew we were headed in the right direction. And I think off the back of that second um, discussion that we had with the team at New Payments Platform, I think everyone felt much more confident um, that not only were we headed in the right direction, but we had a good list of, you know, four or five, maybe even six um, names um, and that they were all useful. You know, people might have had their own perspectives on whether kind of some resonated more or less, but they were all on strategy, viable options um, that ticked the box in terms of what it was that we were trying to achieve, which was, you know, a simple functionally oriented name that would make it easy for people um, to transact or manage transactions, you know, rather than it being a hurdle or something that was overly complex and just got in the way. So Richard, what advice would you give to somebody who's listening today who might be a product manager or a marketing manager and they're agonizing over finding the right name for their product or their service? What's the what's the key advice you'd give them? Look, if, if you're agonizing over it, then it probably means you haven't got enough structure or discipline around the process. Um, and look, it's not all about process. There is a, a, a point and a time for create pure out and out creativity, but you have to have this balance of the, a, a process that combines not only that creativity, but also strategic perspective, um, and then thinking about the name and context and its utility, how it might be used. Um, and if you have that, well, then you're less likely to be agonizing over a process or over, uh, over a name. Um, and much more likely to have a, um, a structured process that guides people towards an outcome. 
Um, and look, the other thing I'd say is that, that you know, naming or a name is, is just the start. So, you know, I, I, there's obviously the old age old adage that, um, you know, a picture paints a thousand words. My response to that has always been, but a name can start a million stories. And so that's where the name is just the start. It's just a signpost towards that product or service or experience. And the name becomes a hook off which you can hang different messages and narratives and, and stories. Um, and so a name can't do everything. Um, it is just that signpost. Um, but how you then, having pointed people in the right direction, how you then um, fill in the blanks um, and tell those stories, um, I think that's when names start to have real meaning and potency um, and the ultimate utility. Excellent. Well, on that note, Richard, thank you very much for joining me today. Pleasure. Good to be able to take a chance to um, step back and, and reflect on the process. So great to chat, Lisa.